I'm Kathy Cooper. Welcome to Loss and Found, where every loss matters and through every loss, something can be found. Thank you for tuning in. I I really appreciate when uh, folks listen in and I'm so grateful for your presence. If this is your first time as a listener, welcome. This is a show where I do my best to cover all types of loss and what can be found in them. And it's, it's really not a doom and gloom hour because we always have humor mixed in with the insights. So, you know, I really encourage you to uh, sit back and relax and join me for the next hour. I do want to remind you all that Loss and Found is now being uploaded as a podcast. And you can download it through your favorite podcast site and, of course, on 1150kknw.com. As you listen to the show, if you have any question, comment, or perspective, you know, just email me at um, lossandfoundseattle at gmail.com. That's lossandfoundseattle at gmail.com. And I'll be sure to answer your question or share any comment or perspective that you have the next week. I do love to hear from folks. Um, The show that we did last week on a toxic work environment Got a couple emails from folks saying they really related to that and how appreciative they were that there was a show on it. Um, You know, and if you don't experience it, you just really don't realize that um, working in in such an environment does entail loss. So thank you, ladies, for for taking the time to email and let me know that that show was helpful to you. Um, Let's get to today's topic. Now, we're going to be talking about mindfulness, and I know that's a buzzword, And in some ways, you know, I really think it's a word that's um, often overused. However, I think the practice of it is underutilized, especially when it comes to folks and grief. And there is so much research to support the practice of being mindful. I don't know how often uh, maybe some of you have a practice out there or how often you have listened to others talk about what they do and um, even taken some or have taken the time to look at what some research is. But I'm just going to name a few benefits, especially the ones that I'm going to be calling attention to are really beneficial for folks when they're grieving. One thing that mindfulness can help with is um, reducing that rumination that we have. You know, um, when we lose someone, we think a lot about what the circumstances were. If um, we have a, a loss in our life, whatever that may be, we replay the circumstances, we replay the what ifs. We, you know, you just go over and over in your mind about what the occurrence was and um, get kind of caught up in that. And one study demonstrated that participants reported less depressive symptoms and um, rumination when they would practice some mindfulness. Stress reduction is huge. Multiple studies are demonstrating that participants had a significant reduction in anxiety. And when we are grieving, you know, sometimes our anxiety can feel off the roof because we can't find a way to soothe or comfort ourselves. So I'll be talking a little bit more about that as we continue. And emotional regulation. Not only can one choose their emotions more easily when you're being mindful, but the emotions are actually processed differently in the brain. And I find that absolutely fascinating. That's another one that we're going to come back and talk about uh, as the show continues. And focus. Uh, Studies show that um, practicing mindfulness aids in attention and decreases the distracting information that we receive. And when we're grieving, you know, focus is one of the, the first things to go. Uh, And so uh, I'll be offering some things to help with that. And another thing, uh, attribute of practicing mindfulness that you'll you'll really gain is your insight. Uh, They show uh, by research that folks who do practice mindfulness, they have um, increased insight into themselves, into what is going on with themselves. Also, there is increased immune functioning. So not only does it help the body, it helps the mind. And there is so much out there. I was just, you know, preparing for the show and doing all of this Googling. And I could not believe how much information is out there to help us. And believe it or not, since the early 2000s, there's been so much research in uh, working with grieving individuals and utilizing mindfulness techniques. And I think that's 
one thing that that is really uh, important and I want to I want to bring out what we're going to be talking about today. If you are already grieving, these techniques and this information can be really beneficial to you in helping you to um, control some of those symptoms, to alleviate perhaps some symptoms, even at least for a bit, to give yourself some rest. And if you are not actively grieving, which we all are not, then it's going to be really helpful if you can learn to practice these and kind of put them into place because your time will come, right? We all experience loss. It does happen. And so the more that you can practice some of these things and be uh, prepared it's it's really going to help help during that time, and then just in general. Um, I coming since I've come back from Sedona on my spiritual retreat, I've been making it a habit to practice every every morning. I get up in time to do a ten to to fifteen minute meditation, and today I didn't get to do it, and I was running too far behind. And I can tell the difference of how the intention of my day was not set. Um, my anxiety has been higher. Uh, I don't feel like I've been quite as focused as what I usually am. So there is really, really something to this. And uh, I'll share a little bit more as as the hour goes on as to what this has done for me and, and some things that I do. So it's really an important topic. And I really encourage you to, you know, listen. And if you want to write some ideas down, do that, because I, I'm hoping that this will be a show that you'll want to refer back to and uh, be able to support yourself through uh, some situations that might be occurring with you. And I, just as an aside, um, they're also doing a lot of research with kids and um, how mindfulness techniques are helping them, especially kids that are having some behavior difficulties. They've taken a couple schools and they are working with the, the special education department and um, working into these children's IEPs, their individual education plans, working into them some mindful te- techniques so the kids can learn to self-soothe and regulate their emotions and behaviors. And they're really having a lot of um, a lot of uh, positive outcome with that and are actually starting to develop some curriculum to teach the general population. So there really is something to this. And like I said, I know it's kind of a buzzword, but uh, as you as you listen throughout the hour, I, I hope to change your mind if it's something that you're kind of on the fence about doing. Um, because really in today's world, I think we're more mindful, F-U-L-L, having our minds full than we are mindful. And with the result of that, what happens? We are very anxious and depressed children and adults. <laughs> You know, we are, um, our minds are constantly filled with something. They never stop. You know, we're filled with uh, all the things that we have to do. We're at home. We're thinking about what we got to do tomorrow. We're at work. We're thinking about what we have to do when we get home. You know, we have the work family responsibilities. We have the family responsibilities, right? So you go and you you work your day and then you come home and and work. It seems like another, you know, full-time job taking care of the kids, getting them to practices. I know soccer is a, is a big, big practice thing that everybody goes to. But so, and many of us work more than 40 hours a week. Some of you listening may have two or even three jobs. So we're constantly looking at emails. We're constantly checking our phones, our texts. And at home, what do we do? There's a, a household to run. We've got schedules to keep. And then when we're at home, we're wanting to, to check out Facebook, see what our friends, family are doing. We go on to Instagram. Hey, we got to check out the Twitter because someone in this country has said something fascinating that we need to, to know about. So that all really adds up to what? Our minds being full. And some of the things that come out of that for all of us is, you know, we're more fatigued as a nation we're, we can be more irritable throughout the day. Definitely the anxiety rate in our country and the depression rate in our country is sky high. And so when we have our minds filled all the time and our minds are full, it takes a toll on us. Think about it. When was the last time, you know, you had a moment and you didn't pick up your phone to just buy the time? 
maybe you're in a grocery store line, you know, do you take the the time to just kind of stand there and do some breathing, look around, maybe catch somebody's eye and smile? Or do you pull out the phone and think, wow, there's three people in front of me. I don't have time for this. I'm going to, you know, uh, distract myself by looking at my phone. And if you look around, that's pretty much what everybody else is doing. My heavens, I went into a restaurant last week. <laughs> my heavens, that sounds like my grandma. Oh, my. So uh, I went into a, a restaurant last week, and here's a family, you know. It appeared to be mom, dad, kids. Everybody's on their phone, out eating together at a table, but everybody is on their phone, not interacting, you know. Their minds are being filled. They are not being mindful to the situation. And when we do that, well, especially if we're out and about, uh, we, we miss out on a lot. I have a lot of respect for one of my friends, one of my best friends, Cindy. Her rule is when you are out with her and, and, and her wife that, you know, we you don't use your phone. Everybody puts their phone. If they're going to put it on the table, they turn it upside down. They don't pay attention to it. And it is so nice to do that because then you can you, you do focus on having a conversation. So um, just be aware of that. Just, you know, how often are you looking at your phone when you're around other people? Today at my lunch at, at work, uh, there was about five of us together, and all of a sudden, conversation stopped. Everybody picked up their phone to kind of scroll through things, and I, I just kind of had to laugh because I'm thinking, here we are, you know, instead of talking and continuing to talk, hey, let's take a time out and check out our social media and stuff. So anyway, I don't need to go on about that, do I? There, there really are many um, definitions of mindfulness, and let, let's kind of clear that up. When I say mindfulness, what exactly are we talking about? The word comes from a Sanskrit word, and that means uh, to come back to awareness. Come back to awareness. Now, I like these definitions, and I've been practicing this, this um, Vietnamese monk's name, and I believe it's Tik Nhat Han. Um, his definition is the practice of being fully present and alive, body and mind united. The practice of being fully present and alive, and our body and mind are united. John Kabat-Zinn, who is a guru in the area, if you want to Google him, uh, any of his work, you'll learn a tremendous amount, and he's got TED Talks, and he's got YouTube videos, um, John is J-O-N, Cabot is K-A-B-A-T hyphen Zin, Z-I-N-N. And he says that mindfulness is the awareness that emerges through paying attention on purpose, being in the present moment, and non-judgmentally allow the unfolding of experience to happen from moment to moment. So we are paying attention to what's happening in this moment, and we're not making a judgment on it. And that's kind of what happens when you are in the moment. Our ego doesn't come up to make a judgment about it. it. It's fascinating how that works. And because we are in that moment and we're not making a judgment, we're just allowing the experience that's going to come next just to happen. So we're just being present piece by piece, moment by moment. And when we are present, as I was saying, that inner ego of critical judgment, it is not as apt to arise. You know, we're not looking back where the critic can bring up all of our mistakes and remind us all of the things that we did wrong. We're not looking forward where our ego can bring up all of the what ifs and the things I have to do and send our anxiety sky high. So being aware, being present, focusing on the here and now, you know, whatever term that uh, or phrase that, that you want to use, that's fine with me. I really hope that you do pick a term or a phrase, um, you know, being present, I'm focused right now or focusing on the here and now because pick something that resonates with you so you will be more apt to utilize uh, the concepts. I personally, mindfulness doesn't resonate with me. Being present resonates with me. So that's how I refer to what I'm trying to do in my life in um, increasing the practices of mindfulness that I do on a daily basis. Now, being present, and that is really difficult when we're grieving. We, you know, have established that, right? Um, you have symptoms that you're feeling. Uh, you 
feel like maybe you're out of control, you feel like you're going crazy. So there are some things that you can can do to help you be present. And that's what I want to really give you today. Today is just a a show to say, hey, um, here's going to be some concrete things that you can do to help uh, control your symptoms, alleviate your symptoms. And as I was saying earlier, if you're not grieving, there's going to be some things here that you can do to help you uh, learn to to practice so when and if something does come down the road for you. Grief is really not being in the present You know, it's not focusing awareness on the present moment. When we grieve, our focus is really on the past. You know, grief is focusing on what life was before that boom, if you will, before that that bump or that crater came and, and changed everything. You know, it was it's before your world was turned upside down. You know, before that divorce, before the firing of from your job, before the relationship uh, that maybe you were in with someone has become stressed and now each of you don't speak to each other any longer. You know, grief is focusing on that. Grief is before that I wasn't chosen for that, uh, you know, uh, to whatever that may be for you. I wasn't chosen um, to be the boss. I was skipped over at my job. I wasn't chosen to be on the team. I wasn't chosen on first string, whatever that may be. You know, before the coming out, um, grief is focusing on before the pet died, before that illness, before a fall that has rendered somebody now they're no longer dependent, before the suicide, before the accident, before the death. Grief is focusing on the before. And as humans, you know, we seem to naturally live in the past um, or the future, (laughs) We rarely just stay in the present. So revisiting mistakes and what we consider to have been our mistakes is is quite natural. And because, you know, hindsight, we're able to see what we would have done differently, uh, that makes it difficult to be present. You know, those what ifs, um, if we could do over again, you know, we would have said this. I'm a big one on that. I'm not really good in the moment. And if I can ever go back and... Um, boy, I always go, if I wish I, you know, I wish I could go back and say this now, you know, focusing on the future. When we start to the what if questions of if this happens, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? You know, when we do these things, um, we're, we're grieving and we are living with the before. So learning to practice mindfulness is going to aid you in living with your today aid you in being aware. Now, you might be saying, you know, you're already too aware of your feelings and emotions, right? That's what grieving is. You, Everything is hypersensitive and you are feeling so much. And I, I do t- tend to agree with you on that. And if you remember what I uh, mentioned from the research, you know, the rumination, the need for emotional regulation, the need for focus, mindfulness can help all of those. It will help all of those. So if, uh, if you aren't grieving, you're going to create a practice because it's going to help you in your daily life and the next time you have a loss. And if you are grieving, we're going to um, take a short break here. And when we come back, we're going to be uh, diving into some things that you can do to really help control what your symptoms are. I'm Kathy Cooper. This is Lost and Found. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. 
What's your story? Have you ever sat with that question and looked to your heart for the answer? It's time to explore the real you. Tune in Thursdays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. for the brand new show, Story You, with Coach Debbie. Debbie and her guests have a mission to inspire and coach you to find your voice. If you need direction, Story You with Coach Debbie is for you. If you want to be an author, Story You with Coach Debbie is for you. Tune in Thursdays at 4 p.m. and be inspired. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world. Their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. I'm Kathy Cooper. This is Loss and Found, where every loss matters and through every loss, something can be found. Before the break, I was sharing how mindfulness is so important in general in our lives and even more so when we're grieving. It it can help with the rumination, you know, that need for emotional regulation, that need for focus and a plethora of other things, really. Um, so how does it all work? How do you make room to learn something, um, let alone have the energy to practice something when you can barely get through your day? That's the beauty in mindfulness. Things you can do, you are already doing. I'm just going to help you uh, recognize them. And here's an example. One of the easiest things that you can do, you're already doing. Breathing. Research shows that by just focusing on that, you can regulate your emotions. Now, think of that. You're already breathing. It's not going to take any extra effort, except in this. Likely you're breathing in a shallow manner. You're breathing with your chest. And oftentimes we don't really realize that we are until you start taking purposeful breaths. And so that's where being present to our breath um, and the mindfulness of, it, mindfulness of it comes into play. If you just simply breathe slowly in for four counts and you exhale for four counts very slowly, you will begin to regulate your body and mind. You can breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. You know, take deep breaths. If you breathe through your, your diaphragm, your belly will extend. And that's, that's kind of what, you know, the ultimate would be is that you extend your diaphragm and you're just filling up your, your belly with breath and it comes up into your chest and then you can feel it through your, your nostrils and then you let it out through your mouth. That, that's the ideal. You don't even have to go for the ideal right now. Just breathe. Breathe and count. Deep breath in deep breath out because the learning with your diaphragm and, and how to, um, to breathe with your diaphragm that, that can come later. Just focus on the in and out, just shut your eyes and breathe. And when you do that, it feels so good. You will, um, I think after a few breaths, I, th I think you will actually feel your body responding. And as you continue to breathe, you're going to find that your mind is responding. So just breathe. Just breathe. Feel it through your nostrils. Release it through your mouth. And you can do various combinations. I like to breathe in four counts and hold it four to six counts and then breathe out four to six counts and just repeat that. I find that that's what really helps to, to center me and helps me start to, to be more in touch with what's going on in my body and, and to calm my mind down. You know, I'm in a new position and there's just a lot, oh, if I don't know this and I don't know this. And I, you know, can have a tendency to get anxious about things like that. And I find that I'm just taking breaths throughout the day. Just, you know, I've even excused myself and just, you know, I'm going to go into the bathroom and I just take some deep breaths to, to help me uh, focus and to help me relax and to keep my mind and body um, calm. And it actually, I think, also sharpens my, my mind. But 
And you'll find that. You'll find that um, the more oxygen and everything that gets in there, that you will feel uh, sharper, but it really will help your emotions. So whenever you're feeling overwhelmed, whenever you're having these reoccurring thoughts, you know, that wheel inside of your head is turning round and round about all of the things that have gone on, about all the things you need to do, um, you know, that wheel that you can't get off of, (laughs) especially when you need to sleep, right? Um, Just breathe. Whenever those emotions become strong, just breathe. And that's going to help you move through them. I guarantee it. That simple act that you're already doing, right? That simple act with a little awareness is going to change the present moment. That is practicing mindfulness. So when we're done with the show, you step away, take some deep breaths. You just practiced mindfulness. Didn't take any extra effort at all. And really, if you take nothing else away from today, I hope that you will take um, this away, that you are aware of your breath and that you will begin to take deep breaths throughout the day because that is the one thing that will aid you in your grieving. If you feel panic, breathe. Driving and are experiencing those stoplight tears that, that come, take some deep breaths. You're having an extreme grief wave, take some deep breaths. You can't seem to focus, take some deep breaths. And it goes on in regard to to your symptoms. Just breathe deeply. Something else that is really simple to do, um, and I've since I've come back from Sedona, I I, I was doing this beforehand, um, but I'm really trying to, to practice it on a more regular basis and it's using a mantra. I don't know if you have any mantras in your daily life. Uh, A mantra is defined as a word or sound that's repeated to aid in um, concentration, like in meditation. (laughs) Yes, I said the M word, you know, before you start telling me you don't have time or can't, can't do it, you know, like you can't calm your mind to, to meditate or you tried it once and nothing happened or, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, stick with me because I am going to be talking a little bit about meditation. Uh, but it, again, it's going to be some really simple things that either you're already doing or you just have to tweak a few things to do because it, it really needs. Life can be simple with that. We don't need to complicate anything. So so right now um, I'm uh, talking about uh, finding a, a statement or a slogan, if you will, and repeating it frequently. So a mantra would be saying a word over and over or saying a phrase over and over. Uh, As an example for me, I often, when I'm walking my dogs, will say, I'm happy, healthy, and whole. And I just repeat that. I'm happy, healthy, and whole. I'm happy, healthy, and whole. And I will uh, sometimes go over into, I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for, and I just um, list the things that I'm grateful for. And the reason that I, I do that is because um, it, it helps rein in my thoughts and it helps me tell my mind something that I can believe in. You know, um, when, uh, when, you have, when you have a mantra, it's really something uh, that is used to change your brain functioning and they have they have found that that is the case that your brain will be changed by repeating something over and over again and I find that fascinating a well uh, fascinating as well so when you're grieving you know we're caught up in all of these thoughts coming at us and so if you if you do a mantra pick a mantra and use that throughout the day you're basically telling your mind something um, that it's going to eventually believe in. And as an added bonus to your mind eventually believing in it, you're going to calm your nervous system. Uh, As an example, I I worked with a a gentleman whose wife uh, left him, and he was devastated. And his mantra was, I'm okay, I'm okay. Not I'm going to be okay, but I'm okay. Because when you make a statement, I am that's a declarative statement. You are saying, this is who I am. This is what is going to occur. This is what's going on. 
And that is what affects your mind and body. That's what the research shows when you make declarative statements. So he would say, I am okay. And I think that really did help him along the line. So throughout the day, um, you know, that would be his mantra when he would start to think about his wife, when he would start to feel like, you know, his world, it does, was turned upside down and ended. He would start saying, I am okay. I um, have been saying, uh, there is a free app called Insight Timer, and you can download it. Um, I, I have an iPhone, so I downloaded it off of there, and it has thousands and thousands of meditations. And one of the mantras on there is put to music is um, saying Om Shama Om and Om uh, Pre- Prema Om. So what that means is Om Shanti, I'm sorry, Om Shante Om means I am peace. Om Prema Om means I am love. And so I begin my mornings with that. And then I find because it's set to music throughout the day, I want to remind myself, especially because I'm working with ill individuals, I want to be peace for them. I want to be love for them. So throughout the day, I will be um, walking down the hallway and I'm saying to myself those uh, those terms. That is my mantra at work. So it's it's really important to, to find something. I, I think that you will find it really, really helpful. Find something that resonates you, with you. And it can be one word. It can just be breathe. <laughs> it can just be love. It can just be a, a statement of I am fine. I am okay. Um, and just do it for one to two minutes a day and you'll be surprised how your mindset changes. I often uh, do my morning meditation as well with a song by a Carrie Grossman and it's entitled Thank You. And it, the mantra is I'm sorry please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And um, I'll spare you the singing of it. But the point is, you know, she just repeats it over and over. And I find that that is a great way to start my morning. And sometimes as I'm walking my dogs in the morning before I'm going to work, I will say that. And I uh, found to me that that it it feels like it cleanses me. And that's on Spotify. Her album is on Spotify. And so uh, likely iTunes as well. But Finding a mantra can be really, really helpful to you, and it can be encouraging to you. So pick a word, pick a phrase, something that that you need to remind yourself that, you know what, I'm moving through this, I'm okay, because your body and your mind is going to respond. So we've got breathing, and we've got finding a word or a phrase that you can repeat over and over again. That is pretty simple. Something else you can do is mindful walking. You know, go into nature. Now, I don't know where many of you live, um, obviously, but I venture to say that there is some type of a park nearby. And researchers in Japan found that when we're in nature, when we inhale compounds that all the trees and plants release. And so because we're doing that, they found the immune system of... Uh, of humans is boosted, that the heart and lung functions are better, and that people reported less anxiety, depression, and um, the cortisol or stress hormone decreased, all from standing in a forest. People, it's amazing to me how what we have inside of our bodies, if we utilize it between nature and our bodies, how we can regulate so much of ourselves. Um, I worked with a woman whose husband died of cancer and she spent the first month uh, or possibly more going to the local state park and just walking the trails or just sitting out in the park because she said that was the only thing that helped her get through that initial adjustment because she felt peace there. And uh, when she told me that, I, I, you know, I just thought perhaps that was because, you know, nature, she loved nature. But after reading this, you know, finding out what the Japanese researchers have said, it it proves why. So being out in nature, she was breathing in all of those things. And, you know, and even if you um, if you go and touch a tree and just stand by a tree and put your hands on it, the energy from that tree will also uh, help you with feeling relaxed with releasing your anxiety especially if you what (laughs) if you put breathing with that I have done that um there is power in the the trees and I I don't know if it's you know maybe it's psychological on my part but just my image is 
with the, the trees when I touch a tree. You know, the roots go down so deep, and I just feel like I'm just pulling all of this energy out of the tree into me um, to ground me. Another uh, recommendation that folks have is being outside in your bare feet. Having uh, your feet touch the earth also is a way that can um, bring energy into your body to make you feel more calm, to uh, help regulate your emotions. So there's, there's several things that, that you can do in that realm. So take a walk. And when I say mindful walking, you know, look around. When was the last time? Because usually when we're walking, a, a, you know, if you have a dog and you're walking, you're usually walking the same path, the same path, the same path. We are very much creatures of habit. Notice the next time you're walking that, look around, see something different, or look at something for the first time. You know, look at the trees now that they're changing the, and the beauty in those hey, there's a crack in the sidewalk. Are there ants in that sidewalk? And just just be mindful of what you're seeing. Take deep breaths and just breathe in the, the sense, whether it's even, you know, the carbon uh, monoxide coming off of a, of a car. The other night I was walking the dogs in that heavy, the heavy air because there was some fog. You know, you could really smell that. And I really paid attention to that. So be aware of that. Just mindfully walk, look around, at your surroundings and see things almost as if as a child would see them. Another thing that is really, really helpful is doing a body scan. And this is really helpful for folks when it's time to go to bed and you're ramped up, your mind won't stop, lay down and do a body scan. A lot of emotions are going inside of you. Um, Scan your body. What does your stomach feel like? Do you have a tightness in your chest? Do you have any achiness in your body? You know, maybe you have some restless legs. Do you have tension in your shoulders? So the, the goal is, is that you lay down and you just start recognizing what each part of your body feels. Because when we have a, you know, if my chest is tight, that means I'm anxious. If I have a tightness in my gut, that means, um, you know, I'm kind of dreading something. That's what I have learned for me. And so pay attention to what is going on in your body because that is a huge, um, a huge sign that it, you need to communicate with it. So when you're laying there, if your chest is tight, focus on that. Think about that. Likely, if you're grieving, it's because you're feeling emotions. And when you listen to your body through doing the body scan, you will find that you will be able to embrace your emotions as well. One thing I love to do at nighttime if I'm having a hard time sleeping, if I can't turn my mind off, I'll do a body scan and then just tensing your body and holding it for five to 10 seconds is really, really helpful because it releases tension. So I'll do my my right arm and hold that for five to 10 seconds, make it really tense. I'll do it with my hands um, and do each side of the body and then do my arms and my legs at the same time. Play with that a little bit and see what works with you, but you will find that it will release tension and more than likely you will be able to to go to sleep a little easier. And if you don't go to sleep, you will find yourself relaxed because you will be releasing tension. And of course, make sure that you do some breathing before and afterwards. So be aware of what's happening in your body, your emotions, play out in your body and doing a body scan will help you figure out what you're thinking and feeling. And that's something simple you can do before you go to bed. If nothing else, do the tent, the, you know, tightening of your muscles and um, that'll help you relax and help control some symptoms. What's something else that we can do? I have so many things here and we're going to be coming to the end of our time soon. Um, I think, I think the being aware, I think that is uh, something that, you know, when I speak of mindfulness, that's what I'm, you know, we say, hey, you are being aware, but really being present is something that you can do and it can kind of take your mind off of the future and what's coming next. And when I say the awareness, I mean, look at a plant. 
you have a plant, sit and look at a plant and just look at the um, all the intricate details of the petals, you know, uh, the flower and look at uh, all of the intricate details of what makes up the plant as if you've seen it for the first time. You know, have you ever, <laughs> the other day I was, I, I use a lot of dog examples. I apologize for that. But the other day I was brushing my dogs and I saw an ant and it's like, you know what, I'm just going to watch this ant. And it was so amazing to see, you know, how it moves around and what they do. And that was being mindfully aware. That was in that moment, looking at something and just studying it and thinking about it and, you know, touch things on the way here, because I was thinking about the show, you know, I was actually feeling my hands on the steering wheel. Do you know how often we go on autopilot? I was um, thinking on the way here, Ellen, that she has that, um, that show. I don't know. It's like a variety show where, you know, the contestants try to, to win so much money. And one of and I've only seen it once. And the one time I watched it, she had a, she had partners and they had to decide blindfolded what the food was like. They had to taste food. They had to taste different textures and describe to their partner what it was. So their partner could say, you know, Hey, like butter, for example, um, the one partner that's blindfolded would be saying, Hey, here's butter. Um, and it was amazing to me how many people couldn't identify the textures and the taste. And that came to mind today because you know what that says? We are on autopilot. We can't even identify butter. And and the people couldn't. And one of them was flour and they couldn't do flour. Uh, it, it was amazing to me. And so being aware, we are so much not aware of what things feel like, what things taste like. When you touch something, really feel it. When you're smelling something, really take the scent in. And it's a great way to really get outside of the hurt and pain when you're grieving. Because when you're having to focus on what I'm touching, you'll be surprised at what you don't think and feel at that moment because you're in the moment. So I really encourage you to do mindful awareness. Really think and feel and touch and take time to just sit, even for a minute, pick something to stare at it, and you'll be surprised what, you would, what you'll see in it. Um, we as adults, we lose that fascination with things, but when we are being a, uh, aware and when we're being present, you can really begin to get a sense of how amazing everything is. One other thing that I want to encourage you to do especially when you're having trouble with focus and you're feeling really overwhelmed with emotions. There's something called uh, mindful immersion. And that, again, is oftentimes we're on autopilot. But I find myself doing this a lot because I do have a tendency to just kind of go inside of my head and not pay attention sometimes to what I need to be doing. Yes, I can admit that. And so what I'll do with this, I will... Um, here's an example. I'm making my coffee this morning. I kind of was inside of my head, not paying a whole lot of attention, just on that auto autopilot. And I was trying to, to make my coffee, So, but I picked up the wrong canister for the coffee. I picked up the, uh, the sugar canister. Not sure why. So I'm like, whoa, I got to pay attention to this. So what I like to, to practice off and on when I catch myself being like that, I started purposefully saying, Here's the canister. You're taking the lid off. Here is the coffee scoop. You're putting it in. You're leveling the scoop. You're putting it into the craft. Um, go step by step as to what you're doing. And that is a perfect way to be in the moment and a perfect way to alleviate um, feeling overwhelmed by a situation. I I do this a lot because I have, like I said, I have a habit of just kind of, well, I've done this a hundred times, so I'm just going to do it. So I really encourage you to go step by step with things and notice what you are doing um, each time. You know, opening the refrigerator, I said to myself, I'm walking over, I'm opening the refrigerator, I'm pulling out the half and half. And it may sound crazy, but if you do that, it's just going to really be a great way to help you realize just how not present you are and just how to be present. And all of these things are just a way to have you have a break for a moment 
with your grief symptoms. Have a break for a moment with feeling like you can't control anything and just really be in the moment. I, I really like the, the immersion. Um, you know, the other night I was um, putting some things away and I realized that, hey, you know, again, I'm not focusing well. So, oh, I'm pulling out a hang- hanger. I'm hanging this up. Try And if you have kids, that's a great way to help them uh, be more present as well is go step by step with them. So that's one of my favorite things to do. And I would encourage you to try it and see what you think about it. But it is a great way to get through your day without feeling overwhelmed by your grief symptoms. Um, I think, let's see here. I've also got appreciation I never end my day without um, finding things to be grateful for. And, you know, I'm not tooting my own horn about that. I just have really learned the, the gifts that come through being grateful for being appreciative. And when you're grieving, it is so very hard to recognize that there are still some good things in your life. The sunrise this morning, you people, did anybody see the sunrise in the Pacific Northwest here in, in the Seattle area? The sunrise was amazing. And that was one of those where I just really tried to focus and be present in looking at that sunrise and looking at those colors and being grateful for being able to witness it, you know, because when we're grieving, it's really hard to recognize that there can still be some good in our life, that there can still be some beauty in our life. You know, when, when we're hurting so much and we're confused and maybe we're angry and we're lost or feeling like we're lost, it's really hard to remember that there's some really good stuff for us out there. So I always encourage folks, you know, try to find at least five things that can help you. Remember that there is beauty for you. Um, do more. That's great. And I, when I work with folks, when, when actively working with them and doing counseling, when, when they were grieving, I, I really, when, before we went into session, I would ask them, you know, did you find some things today that, that, you know, you could, that you felt appreciative for that, that encouraged you that, and, you know, not to put them on the spot, but once after their first session, they kind of got onto it. And then, and oftentimes they would say, you know what? I appreciate that you asked me this because it helps me try to look at the other side and look outside of what I'm feeling right now. So find some things you're appreciative for. And you know what? Let somebody else know about it too. You know, maybe as a family, when you're sitting down for a meal, um, hey, let's all go around and what's two or three things that we appreciate today that we're grateful for. That in itself, gratefulness, the research on that and how that can improve a life, how that affects the body, how that affects the mind. There's a whole show on, you know, that could be done on, on gratefulness, especially within the, um, the realm of, of grief. Being able to look at something, feel something, touch something, have someone in your life that you can say, hey, I am so grateful they are here. That's a really... That, that can be something that can really help you get through what you're doing. So find those things and maybe write them down because there are going to be days where maybe you can't find something. You know, when we're hurting so badly, I certainly have had days when it certainly wasn't going well um, and I could not imagine finding anything that I'm grateful for. But I had written things down. I'm kind of a journal or off and on I journal, <laughs> not consistently, but I am able to go back and look at those and feel comforted in that. So just a a few ideas on that end. And um, I think we'll take a short break and kind of get ready to, to wind down. I'm Kathy Cooper. This is Lost and Found. We will be right back. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're gonna go out there and be an all star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. You got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. I know you won't because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family 
and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back. I'm Kathy Cooper. This is Lost and Found, where every loss matters, and through every loss, something can be found. And Eric, you were just doing a tremendous job on the music. Thank you very much. Thank you. So I'm just going to, I want to just summarize a little bit of uh, what we were talking about today. You know, grief, it's a battle within us, right? We either embrace or avoid our feelings. And when we are embracing our feelings, we are inviting in healing. Um, and I think that's what's really important to remember. There is a, a saying that if you open yourself to loss, you are at one with loss and you can accept it completely. So by practicing mindfulness, being aware of the present moment, you open yourself to loss. And by being in the moment, you enable yourself to be one with it without feeling so overwhelmed. So be present with your feelings. You know, let that frontal cortex take over, you know, where you can think and feel. Get rid of the limbic system where you have that fight or flight. Be present because you will find balance between embracing and avoiding. And if you practice some mindfulness, if you look at your body what does that feel like if you look and appreciate things if you immerse yourself in actually what's going on you will find relief in your symptoms find some mantras use a mantra every day even if it's just i'm okay and please breathe because when you breathe you're changing everything i hope today has been helpful to you be gentle with yourself. Be gentle with others. And as Lao Chu said, new beginnings are often disguised as painful endings. I'm Kathy Cooper. See you next week. <laughs>